Welcome back to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. Struggle Creates Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we have 19-year-old Sadie Twydale joining us and speaking a lot about some of the things that she's encountered. She's encountered some things in her life that honestly, I can't even fathom of what it is like, and I'm sure you can't either. She talks a lot about how PTSD affects first responders and especially someone like her dad who is a firefighter. She speaks a lot about it and how it affects herself and her family and honestly she's been through a journey of her own. I hope everyone enjoys Sadie's story and I encourage you to listen to her and learn a lot about what she has to say and hopefully you can bring it into your own life as well. Also this podcast is sponsored by Raincoast Clothing. Raincoast Clothing is a clothing company based out of Vancouver Island, Canada. They represent nature by embracing adventure, spontaneity, and health, both physical and mental. They have recently decided to join my mental health movement and donate 5% of profits from every item of clothing towards mental health awareness. Also, we have collaborated and created a Struggle Create Strength t-shirt, which has 100% of profits going towards mental health awareness. Go to raincoastclothing.com and help support mental health while getting yourself some great clothes. Now, I hope you enjoy Sadie's story and realize that everyone has a story and truthfully, you never know what somebody may be going through. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, hi, how's it going? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing really good. I'm doing- That's very- good. <laughs> yeah, thank- like first and foremost, obviously, say it every time, but thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and one being vulnerable enough to open up about your life and sharing your story and kind of what's brought you to where you are today and obviously how you've overcome some of your stuff it's just it's always amazing having new people and just courageous people like yourself coming on and sharing their story well thank you i appreciate that of course of course yeah i'm like how is how is all of this covid stuff hitting you i'm like going right off <sighs> um it's definitely a struggle um I'm a university student and I'm studying massage therapy so trying to do massage online is not fun (laughs) um that being said I also work in the restaurant industry so that is going downhill right now because nobody wants to come to restaurants Um, my boyfriend lives an hour and a half away and we're not allowed to see each other because we're crossing the island. So (laughs) it's an interesting time, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like, I mean, we can touch on this a little bit after, but I think it is just coming to a point where it's almost, it feels like everything's kind of going downhill and that's yeah. kind of why I just wanted to start off with that because I know that it can actually damper on a lot of people's mental health. And how have you managed to keep your mental health throughout this whole sort of ordeal? Um, the one thing that I find that really helps me is working out. I am a huge gym rat. I go like five, six times a week. And it's just, it's like my like release That's when awesome. it comes to everything because it just... I grew up like playing sports, being active all the time, like was always busy. So I feel like it's just the way that I just kind of like let everything out, you know, that and crying, crying really helps. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I mean, whatever, whatever works, whatever works. I mean, everyone has different coping mechanisms and different ways to release their emotions. So yeah, I mean, all to, yeah, whatever, 
whatever works for you. Um, yeah. But you you have a story that is definitely unlike a lot of other people's story. And I know we conversed a little bit about whether it was something that you were willing to share or was able to share. And so to have you actually on here and sharing your story, I'm super excited. And I was curious if you want to just basically jump right in and start from start from where it all began. Yeah. So um, my dad. So first off, my parents actually met my both of them. My mom used to be a firefighter. My dad is a firefighter. So that's how they met. Um, my dad still is currently a firefighter and just got his recognition for 25 years of service, which is pretty amazing. Obviously due to COVID, the actual celebration didn't happen. Um, but I, we still celebrated it within the family and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, just growing up, having a dad that is a firefighter definitely comes with struggles and hard times, you know, being like eight years old and having dad leave on a fire call like two minutes before you're like, you're supposed to open presents Christmas morning. And then you have to sit there and wait till he gets home. And so, or like leaving it for like family dinners, missing out on some birthday dinners, like all that kind of stuff um, definitely has its times, but it's one of those things that I always just have kept saying to myself throughout the years is my dad is a hero. He's going out he's putting himself he's like doing what he can to help other people to save their lives their houses their cars he's even saved cats and deers and all of it um so that's definitely been a struggle um the other thing is the whole mental side of it and I feel like that's one thing that people don't necessarily touch base on um I feel that PTSD mainly falls in with military, not so much first responders, but they have it just as bad as military. Um, like one thing that I've always said is for every ugly emergency, there's always a firefighter, a police officer, a paramedic dealing with it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the situation sucks, but think about the people that actually have to like deal with it, put a plan into action and like move on the situation. Mm -hmm. So that whole PTSD thing has definitely come into our family, my life, my dad's life recently. Um, yeah, so it's- I, Sorry to yeah. cut you off here quick. No, go for it. One, one thing that I- honestly and something that like again that people don't necessarily see or think about is that they are the obviously the first ones on the scene and they see some very gruesome things and the hardest part for that is it's called their job and it's almost like they have to flick off this switch of emotion because they're there to help other people save lives just basically help in general. And the hardest part that I like, I mean, I've never been in this situation, but what I would assume is having to do that on a regular basis. Like it's not just this one time that you deal with this gruesome thing. It's that's your job. That's your, that's your everyday life. And you might have it happen frequently or not, but for like, for your dad, I could like, I just, can't imagine what that's like having to see something go through it 
and then almost have to brush it off because you have another another incident that's very similar and that's like again that's where it comes back into the whole mental side of it and i i have nothing but respect for everyone that encounters all of this stuff so, but sorry oh. <laughs> no it's okay thank you um that's definitely appreciated um but just to like add on to what you're saying like I totally agree like the switch goes on and off all the time um they're usually pretty good about like debriefing at the hall after if something's bothering especially one person if they were first on scene or dealt with the most affected person they're usually like really good about debriefing um I've heard from a lot of fellow firefighters um roughly that are kind of like the younger ones around my age that they all look up to my dad my dad's always the first one to be like are you okay do you need to talk kind of thing and I think that's when his stubborn light almost goes on because he's willing to be that ear for other people, but he's not willing to kind of be the person that communicates and just lets out his feelings. Mm -hmm. um, he tends to do it at home. Sometimes it's not in positive ways. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of into that segment now, um, I've noticed over the past probably about 10 months now just how my dad's kind of PTSD getting diagnosed with PTSD has affected me I was growing up I was a daddy's girl I loved my dad I everything was my dad my dad my dad we just had this like special relationship that we could literally like we'd fight one minute and the next minute we were best friends and we were telling each other stuff that I wouldn't tell anybody else mm -hmm or the amount of times it was like, don't tell mom. And it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's definitely been tough. And I think it's because my dad and I are so similar. He sees a lot of his self in me. And I think that's partly why kind of our relationship has deteriorated over the past couple of years mm -hmm. um, or even just the past couple of months. Um, but yeah, so my dad's in the process right now being diagnosed with PTSD. Obviously COVID happened, that's pushed back that whole process. Um, and it's not like you just go talk to a doctor and, oh, you're diagnosed. Like it's actually this huge long process that tests and phone calls and therapists and uh, yeah, just all of it. Um, but one thing we've kind of come to realize is I am one of my dad's triggers when it comes to PTSD. We don't know how, we don't know why. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like, it's kind of like hard to like explain, you know? But like I was saying, like growing up daddy's girl um, and it was just one of those things that it was like, now all of a sudden I'm this obstacle for him and I have to, him and I have to learn to like live in the same house and I have to learn not to set him off and he has to learn how to approach situations especially when we get into conflicts whether it's I forgot to put my plate in the dishwasher or something like much bigger you know mm -hmm. um so definitely over the past 10 months it has been quite a struggle for me um I actually reached out to some soon-to-be firefighters that I know um whose like whole family is in that whole firefighting field as well um, and I was able to find myself a counselor that has background with dealing with PTSD. Um, I think the one thing that I really struggled with with finding a counselor is a lot of them have training for PTSD specifically for trauma specifically but it doesn't seem like anybody has the resources 
or what to do for the family members that have to put up with the people with PTSD. PTSD doesn't affect, like obviously it does affect the person that has it, but it also affects the family. Yeah. Because we're the ones they come home to every day. We're the ones that have to deal with. We don't know what they're thinking. We don't know how their day was at work. Like kind of that whole stubborn switch like I was talking about. Um, And yeah, so it's definitely a kind of cloud that I feel like hangs over a lot of the families Um, is just because like we have no idea how to deal with it. We don't know what sets them off, all of this kind of stuff. Um, and like I was saying before, PTSD is not really associated with first responders, firefighters, um, paramedics, police officers, everything like that, but it is. And it's one of those things I feel like that we need to start talking about more um, because so I was actually, I was looking at facts before because I was super excited, <laughs> um, but 30% of firefighters in Canada have PTSD, whether they know it or not. Wow. Yeah. And wow. the that's amount of I would, like, then I would think. Oh, exactly. And that's the thing is like, nobody really knows that it's a thing. Like the amount of times like that there's car accidents that re- result in fatalities, that there's house fires that result in fatalities, that there's just so many different things that come into play like firefighters I feel like I mean I'm kind of biased but I have the biggest respect for firefighters they get called to medical calls they get called to fires they get called to car accidents they get called to so many different things that people don't really think about Mm -hmm. and like my dad is also part of the hazmat team so that's like chemicals and bombs and all of that kind of stuff so add that in there So there's just so many different things that can kind of add to it that people don't necessarily think about. Yeah, no. And like, I think, yeah, definitely agree with that because I think anytime you think about a firefighter, first thought is always fire. And that's, (laughs) and I mean, typical, but that's how a lot of people just look at it. But when you really think about it, like you said, they're the first ones on the scene for nine out of 10 things and they're always there they're seeing some crazy crazy things and I can only imagine I mean your dad sounds like he's a man of many traits and I can (laughs) imagine some of the things that that he's actually seen and um has any of those like because I'm sure there's been times when he's come home and you can tell that something's off and has he ever like has there ever been any kind of days or times when you could just you could tell that something was really wrong and like you almost had to ask or ask your mom or somebody about it yeah so the one thing that I am really grateful for in my family is like I said my mom used to be a firefighter um up island and she she knows she knows what it's like she's been there herself she's witnessed everything Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's where my parents relationship benefits out of the whole firefighter spouse um, kind of ratio because my mom knows what it's like. So we usually will get texts being like, hey, heads up, dad's had, dad had a bad call. This is, what, this is just the rundown of what happened or just mm-hmm. the idea of what happened. So just like be nice to him or he's not going to be in a good mood kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but a lot of families don't have that. Mm-hmm. Like 
it's one of those things that even over the past five years, I've seen who my dad was then. I've seen him now. And they're it almost like they're completely different people, but it's the same person. And there's actually a lot of first responder kind of relationships, marriages that don't actually last because usually the man is the first responder, but sometimes the female too. Um, but yeah, usually or sometimes um, the relationships won't last because who they were when they first got together, got married, whatever, is completely different from who they are five years down the road because seeing like you said seeing those things day after day after day sometimes they have no calls a day sometimes they can have up to seven eight nine Mm -hmm. and they just there's like nothing for them like even my I was talking to my dad about this the other day he's been with a few fire departments one of them was in Vancouver and he was like I didn't even know like there was counselors available to us until I became one on the island Mm Because it's one of those things that they're there, but they only offer them to you if they think you need it. Yeah, which is so wrong. But it, and it happens in anything, honestly, like to, to this day, there's whether it's whether it's sports, schools, um, honestly, just everything in general, jobs, whatever it may be. And but I think in this field, it should be something that is this is just my personal opinion, but. I think it should be something that's available at like at your fingertips at any given time, because yeah, like you can't, you can't judge how somebody's going to be affected by a certain event. And especially by the calls that they go and see, or maybe it's not even, they're not affected right away, but it's the aftermath, like after a little bit of time. And I think even just having that safe, safe place to just go and air your emotions and, know that it's okay to actually speak up and know that you're just you're there to benefit yourself and maybe you could maybe you could um kind of kind of kick the the ptsd factor of it before it actually begins because you're going like as you're going through these struggles you're talking about them all and then you're learning how to cope with them or you're learning different ways to at least manage them and help yourself at least to some extent and then maybe maybe like a person like your dad wouldn't essentially be stubborn or anything in because I'm, and I'm sure like by the sounds of it, he's, he's one of the the higher up firefighters that everyone kind of looks up to and obviously has all this experience. But so in my, in this kind of this, um, I don't even know how to, (laughs) kind of the way that I would characterize it is that he wants to be, be that leader, show his strength, show that he's always there to help and support his, like the people around him. But so for him to talk or for him to seek some form of help or even break down to some extent, I think it would, he, maybe he would think that it would portray like he's not the strong individual that he truly is or something along those lines anyways and kind of getting a little carried away with it but no that's um, okay I just I think like I don't know I just think everyone like some of the people that seem the strongest on the outside and are basically portray themselves as this big support system which yes maybe they are but those people need help sometimes too and 
I think like having the support right on hand at your fingertips, at your use, whenever, whenever you need it, I think that would be just so huge and you can take it into any line of first responders. And I know I've had conversations with some nurses and different doctors and stuff as well. And they were saying that it is right now is for lack of better terms, it is hell. And them, they just say it's hard for them to go to work every day. They're tired nonstop. They sometimes they can't see their family members. They're always scared of bringing COVID or some other form of uh, disease back home. And it's just, it wears a lot on them. And there's me like as an outsider looking in and I'm just like, oh yeah, they're doing a great job. And I never even really acknowledge what they must be going through or how it's affecting their family, affecting the friends around them and more so just affecting their mental health and what it's, what it's actually doing. And yeah, I think support for first responders needs to kind of be there more and be like right in their face to some extent, because not everyone's going to want to speak to someone and talk about their, their feelings and their struggles. But I think if it's right in your face, getting, trying to get these people to speak and actually encouraging it, then I think, I don't know. I just think it could help at least to, to some extent or another. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's one of those things too, that it's like, if it's not in front of your face, you don't know it's accessible. You're not going to ask for it. You're not going to use it kind of thing. Um, and like I was even saying before to like support for the first responder families, like going back, like I was saying way back um, when I was trying to find a counselor, it was okay. I literally wrote down, I was like, I want them to have this, this, and this like qualified, trained, whatever, because I need to know that they know what they're talking about. They know what they're dealing with kind of thing. Mm because I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to deal with this. Like it's everything was just up in the air and it's like, okay, so I'm part of the issue, but I'm not actually the issue mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it's just definitely, definitely a lack of support that I feel like we need to get on top of and bring awareness to. Yeah. And even like for yourself that like that's not easy to hear obviously like knowing that you're a trigger point like I like how how did you how did you and do you actually deal with and cope with that whole like scenario yeah um so it was kind of funny the way that it came to be we were actually on a family vacation in Seattle And my dad had kind of started looking into PTSD, the reasons behind it, all that kind of stuff. And we were actually walking into a Seattle Mariners game and we were talking about something and we're the type of family, like we joke about stuff that we, not that we shouldn't, but just like, we just joke about stuff. So we were joking about something and my dad looked at me and was like, well, I was reading something the other day, Sadie, and turns out you're actually one of my triggers and at that time I kind of laughed at it but like looking back now like that was his way of like telling me you know and then once I kind of started talking to my counselor it kind of like clicked for me that like wow like 
am I? And it's kind of to the point now where it's like we don't really know what his kind of set offs are or his triggers are. Um, but I think for us, the reason why I'm kind of more than the rest of my family is because him and I are so much alike. Um, and just kind of like the way that I cope with it, honestly, I just hide in my room, especially on those, like, when I come home, like I can tell within the first five minutes of saying, Hey dad, how was your day? If it was a good day or a bad day. Um, and honestly, yeah, there's definitely days that I feel like I have to walk around on eggshells and it's like, I have to do everything like so precise and so perfect just so I don't set him off. Mm. And I mean, I don't know how everybody else in my family feel feels on those days, but definitely I feel like I have a lot more of kind of the eggshell, don't say anything wrong, don't do anything wrong kind of days than um, other people. Yeah, no. Which, yeah. No, I just, I, I, I personally, I couldn't imagine. And I don't, like, I, like, I just, I can't, yeah, I just can't imagine. <laughs> Like, it blows me away and then just even just having you here and you like you overall like you seem happy and you seem like you're <laughs> your stuff like your ducks in a row and you're you're doing okay and um has the counselor has that been a big kind of a big turning point for you in making sure that you almost you don't take it too personally like some of these some of these things um Kind of. So I've actually been seeing counselors since I was probably 13. Um, but I, so the counselor that I have now, I walked into her office for the first day and I sat down and she's like, hey, Sadie, so what brings you in here? Or why did you choose me? And I looked at her and I was like, honestly, I go, I do not like counselors. I don't like them. I said, so if this doesn't work, I said, then never seeing one again. <laughs> because growing up, like I looking back now I definitely had forms of anxiety growing up in school I was bullied a lot like literally bullied for probably five years straight um so I had to deal with that throughout elementary school into middle school into high school um I came from a split family I have a half sister with on my dad's side so same dad different mom um so dealing with her going back and forth all the time once she graduated she left, had to deal with kind of the abandonment of, oh my gosh, I have a big sister. I'm so excited. And then she leaves when I'm 12. And it's like, if anything, like when you're a teenager is when you kind of need it the most. Mm -hmm. So just, yeah, I've seen a lot of counselors and every single time I've seen one, it was every time I talked to them and told them how I was feeling, it was always the way that they made it sound was that I was the problem and I was the issue. And that's no fun hearing. I went to doctors a few times to see if I could actually like look at being like diagnosed with depression, anxiety, all this kind of stuff because of just the way my life was going. I sat in the doctor's office for two hours one day and just told him everything. And he looked at me and he's like, you're just lonely. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, so definitely had my fair share of not necessarily bad counseling but just people I don't relate with um I've only actually seen this counselor once because COVID hit mm -hmm. um also because 
counseling is expensive and I am a student. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I saw her once, sat with her, chatted with her for an hour and I loved her. We got along so well. We, she was older. We, yeah, got along and it was just everything I said. I felt so validated and like she actually cared about me and wanted to help me. That's awesome. Which was so nice to finally find. And like when I sat down, she was like, I don't want to talk about the past. She goes, tell me about what's going on in your life right now. And I sat there and like, I started at A and next thing you know, I was like at like 17 because I was all over the map and, but it just felt so good to finally sit there and just have somebody like actually listen and be like, I want to help you. Mm. No. And like, I mean, on this podcast, I always speak about how beneficial professional help is. And I'm honestly, I I always sound like a broken record on this podcast, honestly, because I, I usually harp the same things, but this is one that I will, until the day I die, always say, and professional help is the, like in my eyes anyways, the biggest, the biggest help and the biggest opportunity to release all emotions, all feelings with zero judgment. And for me anyways, it has helped me overcome some of the toughest struggles in my life and to this day it still it just allows me to to speak about anything in the world that I want to speak about and know that it's not leaving that room and I could say the craziest most absurd things and I know it's not leaving that room and I can sit there and I could cry for an hour if I really want to and I know that I'm not going to be judged I know that it's going to make me feel better and there's just they know a way to make you see your struggles in a different light. And they know a way to make you challenge yourself moving forward. And they give you positive tips of advice on what you can try. They're not guaranteeing anything. And that's what I almost like about it is they're not guaranteeing you that you're going to be better. They will guarantee it if you put in the time and the effort into yourself and they like for my person anyways, they always harp on the idea of doing things that will be beneficial to yourself, to your life, and will make, make you the best version of yourself. And almost just looking at yourself and saying, where do I want to be? What do I want to be doing? And how do I want other people to see me? And then transfiguring or I don't even know the word, but it's like, and basically transforming. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. Just basically moving all these component components around in your life to allow you to do that. And it's sometimes, yeah, it is. It's shutting out things that bother you, even though they've been around for a long time. And one of those things can be relationships, friendships, um, different habits that you've basically possessed over the years and like there's just so many things that I like that I've personally taken from it and is it's taught me a lot about myself and that's why I I love going and I will continue to go for a very long time because I just I constantly find that I'm challenging myself and I'm learning more about myself and it's sometimes it's nice just to to take an hour an hour and a half however long the appointment is and just sit there and 
really talk and let your let everything sit on the back burner while you just focus on you and you have a conversation that's solely based on you and you don't have to worry about competing with someone you don't have to worry about being judged you're just there for you and that's like and for anything even if you don't seek professional help i think it's so important just to take time for yourself and let yourself just be yourself and that's something i will always, yeah. I will always stress because i think it's it's important to know who you are and value who you are and actually take the time to to make sure that you're always bettering yourself or doing the things that are going to make you happier healthier and overall just better your mental health in general yeah it's honestly so nice like going back to kind of when I was growing up I always would people would be like what's wrong let's talk so I'd talk to them and again it was like I was saying these words but they weren't understanding how I was saying it or how I was feeling and I didn't feel like anybody could relate to me I felt so alone and it was even just the smallest things like girls boys bullying whatever it was just I felt so alone because nobody was understanding what I was they were hearing my words but they weren't understanding me and I feel like that's one of the things that kind of adds to this whole thing is just finding that one person whether it's a friend, a coworker, or a professional that understands you and that actually makes you feel like you're being heard, makes you like validates your feelings because that's ultimately what everybody wants. We all want to feel validated. We all want just, we all want sympathy. We all want empathy. It just kind of depends on like how or who you get it from as to if you feel validated or not. Yeah, no, exactly. And even for myself, that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've started I guess learning and really figuring out in my life is who's there for me when I need the most and who I can who I can actually run to when I have some form of a crisis whether it's big small anything in between if I have a crisis I I want to know that I can go to somebody and I will receive support I will receive maybe some form of some form of advice and ultimately just just knowing that they care and they're they're there for you and there's a lot of times I know that that's one of the things that I've started to figure out is you have these friends that you think are your best friends and they're gonna be there for you and any time that you need or even if you like even this I'm not saying this actually happened but I, like even for myself starting this uh, mental health platform you obviously want to see the people around you support it and the people around you trying to like promote it or get it out there because it's it's a good cause it's following a good initiative and sometimes it doesn't always happen and sometimes when somebody like I was I was so funny I was thinking about this today and one of the things that I was thinking was everyone wants you to support their own endeavors and everyone wants you to support what they're doing and share it all over. But then when you do it, they're the first ones to kind of turn a, a cold shoulder to it or not support every, every single step that you're taking. And I mean, those are, I don't know about you, but for me anyways, those are some of the things that will always resonate with me and stick around and linger throughout like forever because you remember the people that were there supporting you from day one 
and you remember the people that were there for you the whole way along or the people that turned a cold shoulder and ultimately getting back to what we were talking about is the support factor of it all and just knowing that you can actually run to them you can give like you can break down right in front of them and you're going to be supported you're going to they're going to listen they're going to care and just want to know what's going on how they can help and ultimately just be there for you in any any shape or form yeah i definitely have those friends out there um that especially like when like stuff goes down with me and my dad it's like I have two friends that I could not talk to them for six months and I would and they know like usually I'm if I just want to chat talk catch up whatever I'll text them but if I call them they know something's going on and they'll send me a text being like I'll call you when I can what's going on I have had one of my friends live super close to my house and he literally I I'm the type of person that when stuff happens at home, when it's usually like, it's usually me and my dad when shit goes down, um, I leave. I have to get out of the house. I have to get out of the environment that's just making the situation. So I leave. The amount of times he has pulled up in his Jeep, picked me up off the side of the road and taken me to his house for like two hours, five hours, whatever, just, just so I can talk about what's going on and then just leave it outside his house, go into his house, hang out with him, just chill, What do whatever. And then I just feel so much better going home and like readdressing the situation. And that's definitely one thing that I learned with my counselor is how it works with me in conflict is stuff's going on. I normally, I don't have a filter when I'm in a conflict. It just, yeah, there's no such thing as a filter. I just say whatever. And I have no idea what I'm saying. I have no control over it. So if I get to that point, I always just, whoever I'm in a conflict with, it's like, okay, we're going to pause, time out. We're each going to take 10 minutes to breathe, cool, calm down, collect our thoughts, our feelings, whatever. And then we're going to readdress the situation. And again, going back to my dad, I think that's where we butt heads a lot. Mm. And not, I think that that is where we butt heads a lot because I need time to take a step back, calm down, breathe, cool down, whatever. And he just, he needs it all done and dealt with on the table right then and there. So I think that's definitely our biggest escalator once it kind of goes into things. Um, But yeah, going back to that support is just finding those people. Like I said, like the one friend I was talking about, we talk maybe every month. We used to be super close. We're not anymore. Life gets in the way. Um, But I always know that I can count on him. And I have a couple other friends too. Like the amount of friends I, not the amount, but like I have a few friends too. And it's like, if they're busy, they'll call their parents and be like, Sadie needs somebody (laughs) kind of thing. So it's super nice, especially just because all of my friends are kind of within close proximities of me. Um, Yeah, definitely nice having that help there. Um, Also, I thought of something that I feel like you'd like going back to that whole you starting the podcast thing. So I don't know if you checked out my Instagram at all, but I am a, um, everybody always calls me a wannabe influencer. Um, I just have like a little company that I run off of my Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, direct sales, monetizing my Instagram, whatever. And I was watching one of our training videos. And this is one thing that really resonated with me is that 95% of your following or your followers are following you to watch you fail. 
And I listened to that and I heard it and I was like, that is so true. The amount of people when I first started my little job a year and a half ago, the amount of people I thought were going to be so on board and so excited. And they were the first ones to turn their backs on me, to laugh at me, to tell me I'm wasting my time, whatever. So that part almost just like lights the fire under my butt. Cause it's like, I want to prove you all wrong. Exactly. No. And yeah. I literally like in my everyday life too, like that's, I mean, I'm pretty good with not really caring. Um, before I was the first one to be scrolling through everything, seeing if all my friends would like my stuff, do whatever. No, literally but, me. Yeah, I, was little, I, was, I was a little bit crazy with that sort of stuff because obviously you want people to support it. And then I just kind of realized that if you believe in it, you believe what you're doing and what you're passion is and you're actually following it and you're putting in the, in the time and effort then and then you're like your friends per se if they aren't fully on board or aren't fully supporting you then honestly it's their loss because you're gonna I mean wherever you end up and I mean if you're passionate about something and you truly care and you know that it's gonna work or that it is a good idea I mean, I'm the first one to say, like, do it <laughs> and go like head over heels with it and just hit it as hard as you possibly can make it happen. I mean, that's the thing that not a lot of people realize. They're like, oh, yeah, well, like I tried it. And you ask them, well, how long did you try it for? And they're like, well, like a month. It's like, yeah, what do you mean a month? You got to like you got to hit hard for a long time. And I guarantee you that it's like that cliche saying where it's like, if you aim for the moon, you'll land somewhere upon the stars. Like that sort of no, thing. No, literally though. <laughs> it's so true. And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is, um, I mean, me and one of my friends, we have this little saying where it's like the worst thing that happens is somebody says no. And so it's like, you ask them to help you out. You ask them for their support. And this is like reaching out to companies, reaching out to whoever it may be. And the worst thing that happens is they say no. So then you go back to another person and people don't realize like you don't just send out 10 emails or 10 texts or call 10 people. It's like, you got to like send out. You're going like 20, <laughs> 50, hundreds, yeah. thousands. Why, yeah. Like why, why would you like, if you truly believe in it, why would you limit yourself to something? Like if you're sitting there and I mean, this is one of the things that I do. If I'm sitting there and I'm watching Netflix, I'm not only watching Netflix. Like I'll have it basically playing in the background and I'm just background noise. <laughs> searching up for what I can do to better my stuff or how I can um, gain more sponsors or how I can like just always looking at ways to branch out or make your stuff better. And I think it's just, it's so important to one, obviously find something that you're so passionate in but two is do it for you and forget about everyone else's stuff and don't let somebody's like crazy amount of support bring you up too high and don't let somebody's negativity bring you down and I like I love that one saying that you said though is like 95% of the people follow you to see you fail and I mean yeah. like, I love that and you can almost you can almost kind of tell, like, I don't know, this is, maybe this is just me, but you can almost tell when people actually just follow you to see you fail. And 
Oh, a hundred percent. And it's, it's weird. And I like, I don't know, like I personally, I love almost reaching out to some of my friends and, and asking for their additional support and seeing how they respond and how they, they act towards it. And even like yourself, I know I reached out to you and asked you if you would like a rate and a rate and a review on, on Apple podcasts. And because like, to me, that goes such a long way when somebody actually takes the time out of their day to support you and help you out. And I mean, like, again, it's, it's not a long period of time, but that it takes to do that sort of thing. But to me, it means the world and it, like it just shows real support. And yeah, I, th- I just think there's a lot of people that that follow your project and your passions for the wrong reason, rather than being there fully supporting and fully cheering you on every step of the way. And I know especially yeah. like when you influence stuff on Instagram, there's so many people. So many. They all talk behind your back. And then the second that you talk to them, they're the first ones to support you. And it's like, I know exactly what you said behind my back. Like, be honest, yeah. tell me face to face. Like, I don't, I don't care. You can judge it all you want. And I mean, I have had, not necessarily with this platform, but with different stuff that I've done, or even some of the posts that I posted on my own personal Instagram. I know that I've had people that would have said stuff behind my back and then they try and support me face to face. And I'm like, I already know what you said. Like, you yeah. Can, kind of hold the whole sympathy thing but yeah my biggest thing with that is I can relate to that so much especially from my whole Instagram business and what I always tell people is before you come and attack me and try to tell me that whatever I'm doing is wrong or a scam or illegal or whatever sit down do an hour of research and then come and chat with me and let's have an honest and civil conversation because I know what I've gotten myself into. I sat down and did three hours of research before agreeing to whatever I'm doing, whether it's a collab with a company, um, a branded partnership, influencing, whatever. I do my research because I know that there's people out there that are trying to take advantage of you and trying to take advantage of innocent people on social media. So I always say that to people is before you come and state your facts and everything you think you know, come and chat or do your research, then come and chat with me because I'm not here to just keep repeating myself. And like every time people message me being like, it's a scam, don't do it, but you're wasting your time, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, thank you for your opinion. That's it. Because it's like, I don't, honestly, I don't care. Like your opinion, your opinion, my life is my life. Hmm. Let's not mix the two because we're never going to see eye to eye. Yeah, exactly. And I I think that there's like a lot of people, there's a lot of people too, that don't like, they speak up about things that they think are a scam or they voice their negative opinions because they won one of the, the biggest one. And I, oh my gosh, is that they are jealous. And that is like, for me, hands down, that is the biggest one and the biggest thing that I've personally seen. And jealousy in today's age can be nasty because people that are jealous can lash out at you or get like, just basically 
turn other people against you, start basically cyberbullying, bullying face to face, whatever it may be. Like there's, it can become nasty, but that's honestly one of the biggest things is because, and it's to any form of success in general is the people that are negative are usually the ones that are jealous and they're jealous of either one, your success or two, that they're not doing something with their life. Like they're going through their everyday life. And honestly, the biggest thing that they do in their life is see what everyone else is doing. They're not focusing on themselves or bettering themselves. Like, yeah, maybe they're, maybe they're going to school and maybe they have a job. And like, for some people that's awesome. If they're passionate about what they're doing and they're really like setting goals for themselves, doing whatever, there's a lot of people that will maybe walk through the motions at work or at school. And then the rest of their day is consumed by focusing on what everyone else is doing. And yeah, I mean, I was a big culprit of, of this one, but they always look at the people that are living a better life than them. And they say, Oh, like, I'm so jealous. I wish I could do that. And, and it's like, why, well, why can't you like what, what's actually stopping you? What's holding you back? What's, yeah. what's stopping you from following your, your passions and your hopes and dreams. Because so I do have something to touch on that. If you don't mind me jumping in here. So going back to my whole training with my Instagram business, again, somebody, I heard this on a call and again, it resonated with me and it's pretty much exactly what you're saying. Don't compare your step one to somebody else's step 10. Everybody starts at the same place. I remember being there just getting out of high school because I feel like that's kind of where it hits all of us is, okay, what the hell am I supposed to do with my life? I, for the past 13 years, I went to school every day, maybe had a job, did all these activities, and now I have nothing. So definitely don't compare your step one, two, or three to somebody else's 10, 11, 12, because there's always going to be that person that has that better life than you, that has that dream job, dream car. And it's one of those things that it goes back to the whole Instagram meme of like Instagram versus reality, because yeah, their life might look glamorous and so like luxury and everything on Instagram, but who knows what they've dealt with, what struggles they've had to overcome to get to where they are. And it kind of just ties in the whole podcast, I guess, of what we've been talking about is you never know what's going on in somebody's life until you actually sit down and talk with them or sit down and ask. Going back to what you said earlier about me is you're like, you even said to me, like, I seem so happy, so put together. The people that I have really opened up to about my story, especially with my dad, PTSD, how it affects me, um, and just like the depths of everything, people look at me and go, you're serious? And I go, yes. And they go, I would never have, I've had so many people say this, I would never have imagined you. Mm-hmm. And I always ask why. And they always say you're so happy, you're so smiley, you always are so positive. And it's like, I mean, I guess that's just who I am. Like, I've always just been that upbeat, outgoing, happy person. But at the same time, like, I do bottle things up, I do push things down. And I only truly open up to those that I feel comfortable because of my history. I when it comes to boys, I do not have a good history. So that definitely translates into life and just all kinds of relationships Mm -hmm. rather than just like romantic ones kind of. 
So yeah, like you, you truly never know what's going on in somebody else's life until you take the time to sit down to chat with them and actually just have a raw, real truth, open, honest conversation and be like, are you okay? Tell me everything. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, Sorry, that just like went off. Oh, but <laughs> Awesome. I, and honestly, like in my own life, that's one of the things that I've been trying to, I guess, bring into my, oh, wow. Well, that was a nice little voice. <laughs> I guess bring, bring into my life. And that is, um, how to change up my conversations and how I'm approaching new people in my life. And I mean, I have to give it solely to this podcast. Like it has allowed me to one gain a lot more confidence with like within myself, but also with how I approach different situations, how I talk to new people and just the confidence to actually ask somebody like, Hey, what's your story. And it could be on the side of the street and I run into someone and I'm like, wow, you look like a super happy person. Like, tell me your story. And it's, it's as simple as that. And honestly, it goes a long way. Like if I'm walking down the side of the street and somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, how's it going? You nine times out of 10, you're gonna be like, yeah, it's going good. Thanks. How are you? And then they say, Oh, it's going good. And then that's basically the extent of it. And yeah, you go up and you say, Hey, you seem super happy. I want to know your story. Like what makes you this happy in life? And then you're going to get one, obviously a shocking look on their face and be like, well, this person actually wants to know me and get to know me. And then it results in deeper conversations and you can actually build a connection. And that's why like this podcast again has been so, so crucial for me is because the first time that I ever meet someone, I get to hear the deepest parts of their whole entire story and that like not everyone knows that that or not everyone knows how how huge that truly is for me and how much I like one obviously appreciate it but two how much it changes my life and is continues to change my life like when I meet somebody new it's not that I come on here and we kind of go back and forth for a little bit it's I actually get to know someone they hopefully get to learn a little bit about me as well. And then I build a connection that will honestly last a lifetime. And I will, it's something that I'll remember forever. And I mean, I'll guarantee you that in 10 years, if I'm talking with someone and they're talking about being a firefighter, I guarantee you, I will ask them about the PTSD factor and I will resort back to this podcast. And that's something that's really cool to me is how every story brings something new to the table. Every person is 100% different. And, but they're like, you can relate to every single story and you can bring certain things out of them and bring them into your everyday life and learn how to deal with things or even just look at life in a different perspective. Like for myself, I will guarantee you, I will look at first responders in a totally different light after today. And I'll appreciate what they're doing and some of the struggles that they encounter a whole heck of a lot more because from hearing this and how it can actually affect the families as well. And just to know that that like a firefighter isn't just out there fighting fire or helping at a car accident. It's like, they see some crazy things and it comes into their family life. And yeah, it's, I mean, I could go on and on and on. (laughs) 
this. But no, it's just, it's, it's amazing having these conversations and being so open and so vulnerable and just sharing pure courage with basically one another and being able to actually build these connections is just, yeah. it, it gets me excited, honestly. <laughs> it's, there's, I don't, I love it. It's just, it's. Well, amazing. I can definitely relate. Um, since kind of we've been talking, I definitely have listened to majority of your podcasts and I do this thing where I go onto the Instagram page and I look at the person's face and then I go and listen to their podcast. And again, like everybody looks so happy, so cheerful, like just total that whole like picture perfect look. And then you really sit down and listen to their story. And for myself, like I was saying before with the whole, I always felt alone. I felt like I was the only person dealing with this. Like I felt like I was the only person struggling hearing these things. It almost makes me feel better because it's like, wow, like there's actually people out there that have similar issues to me that have the same struggles. So it's, I love your podcast. Like I'm so happy. I'm on, like, I'm honestly fangirled a little bit when I, when you like asked me to be on here. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. No. And that's just the factor is like, I always love bringing on new people and people that have just totally different stories. And because I think like, when I first started this podcast, my whole thing, like I, oh my gosh, I had so many, so many <laughs> opinions and it was driving me insane, but thankfully I kind of stuck up for myself. And I, I just said, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it. And I don't want to hear anything else. I mean, I'll always, always listen to people's opinions because some of them definitely are beneficial and I can take at least something from them, but yeah. they're, people that were saying oh you should you're a hockey player you should target strictly on hockey or you're a male you should focus strictly on males and it's like why like this that's not what this podcast is about this podcast is proving that everyone and I mean everyone has a story and you never know what someone's going through they might like you said even especially on Instagram they could have 10 cars this big mansion and seem like they have everything in the world but in reality maybe they're like they're the most miserable out of everyone and yeah you never know and you never know what's what's behind the scenes and that's what's cool about this is it's honestly unveiling what is behind the scenes and knowing like what makes Sadie Sadie and what what yeah. makes Lucas Lucas and that's honestly like what it is and I remember even since sharing my own personal story it was the same as like you talking about your friends and how they were shocked and that's what's happened with mine and there's a lot of them that said yeah I knew a little bit of your story but I didn't know the extent of it and yeah that's that's the point and that's why when I first started this podcast shared my story first I wanted to to prove a point that no matter what's going on on the outside, you can really encounter some deep, deep things on the inside or things away from a public setting, like at your house or just everything behind the scenes, like once again. And that was, that was my, that was my biggest thing. And that was the biggest thing that I tried to prove, especially is because on my Instagram, I'm the first one to say that 
I'm probably smiling in nine out of 10 photos on there. <laughs> I, there's pictures of me playing hockey at high levels. There's pictures of me traveling the world and everyone looks at it and thinks, wow, he has his life so put together. He's following all of his passions and dreams. And yes, that is true. I have followed a lot of my passions and dreams, but at the same time on those journeys, there was a lot of mental health struggles that happened. And there was some of my very deepest, darkest times and some of my best times. And that's just the fact is like, life's not always perfect and life's not always easy. <laughs> and honestly, yeah. sometimes it's not easy, but that's just a factor of obviously challenging yourself and just being, being true to who you are and actually embracing that through a public setting. And that's why like me, oh my gosh, what's <laughs> going on? Sound like I'm 13 again. Um, <laughs> for me, what I do is I basically just try and be the most honest and pure person that I can be because I want people to see who I actually am, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that is, I will stick, I hope that I stick with that for a very long time because I haven't done it in my past, but now it's, now's the time when I just want to be like honest with who I am and allow people to see my vulnerable side, my emotional side and see that that's actually strength. And especially like, as well as yourself, like you speaking on this podcast, isn't, I guess just the, it's just the biggest uh, form of strength that somebody can possess. And that's just being the most vulnerable and sharing some of the, or sharing, I guess, the hardest times in their life and showing how it has affected them. And yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think there's so many different ways to look at this whole entire platform and what it means to me having everyone come on and also what it actually does for the people listening and also the people that are sharing. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I just think, yeah, again, every <laughs> somebody will relate to it. Somebody will take something from it and somebody will honestly, hopefully speak up or be willing to come on the podcast and share. And I, I, I love when people reach out to me. It's it. Yeah. It warms my heart for sure. Yeah. I definitely just resonate with all of that. Like I get so many people messaging me about my Instagram. Um, because like I run my business on there I take it seriously but at the same time like I have people asking me like how did you get so many followers do you buy followers or even my brother he makes fun of me all the time because yeah like literally I vlog on my Instagram story like I don't care what I'm doing if I'm like make if I'm like cooking dinner I'll freaking videotape me cooking dinner because I'm the type of person, and I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this so bad. I had so many different conversations. Some people said they didn't think I should do it. I had a lot of people saying I should do it. And that's, again, there was a mental struggle there of do I come on here and talk about, be vulnerable with everybody and talk about my life, my family, my childhood, or do I just stay quiet about it and keep it within these like walls? And honestly, it came to the end of the day where it was like, you know what, like, I'm the type of person that I always want to help people no matter what I'm doing. Mm. Like, I work at a restaurant, I'm helping people there. I um, give random tips or whatever on my Instagram, like, I just am always wanting to help people. And I think that's 
why I decided to finally come on here and do this is because like I was so scared waiting it the little connecting thing was going and I was like oh my gosh like this is it like it's (laughs) happening I was like stressing out all day because it's just it's who I am and I'm I'm not one to just meet somebody you know like you were saying before and just okay here are my deepest darkest secrets and here's all the bad things that have happened to me but it's definitely one of those things that it's like if me sharing my story can help somebody or somebody can relate to me and reach out to me and be like I heard you talk on the podcast I need help and I will I will be the first person to say what do you need here's my phone number call me text me whatever because I've been here I am here I know what it's like I know how how it sucks like growing up I would get picked up from school some days in fire trucks because I didn't have a ride home that day and my dad would come on his coffee break um or take your kid to school day I got to go be a firefighter for a day and it's like like you were saying people see this like facade or like this like white picket fence of what they think or what they see is happening like oh you're so cool your dad's a firefighter like he drives the trucks he gets to slide down a pole like he gets to like run into burning buildings and it's like yeah it's all cool but at the same time like he runs into burning buildings and I never know if he's gonna run out Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually back in, I want to say I was in grade nine and it was when the, um, there was a police officer here in Victoria that, um, passed away on duty. And I was so mad at my dad for like weeks and weeks. And I would not tell him why. And finally he like literally sat down, sat down with me in my room and he's like, what is wrong? Like I've literally done nothing to you. And I was like, I don't want you to do your job anymore. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, dad, I was like, you could leave one day and not come home. I would have nightmares about my high school catching on fire and watching my dad run into this building and never coming out and me just sitting there. Like, these are all things that all first responder families have to deal with. Like, who knows? I could say like bye to my dad or good night. And then he leaves at a fire call in two in the morning. Just the other day, he got called out just after midnight and he wasn't home until just before four because that was the extent of the call. He needed to be there that whole time. And it's like one day there could come that day that he just doesn't end up coming home. And it's honestly scary and kind of to like shine light on like what I'm talking about when I was super little so my dad's been a firefighter since I was born when I was super little I think I was probably five or six I um I used to wake up in the night the pager would go off the whole house can hear it I would wake up and I would always get so sad that my dad was leaving because he would just like I said like leave in the middle of the night He'd miss tucking me into bed sometimes because he was gone, miss birthdays, dinners. I have these one friends. Every single time my friend and her parents come over for dinner, my dad never, he sits down for two seconds. The pager goes off and he has to leave. It's, it's funny. Um, But no, like I was always so sad. Like he just missed 
like so many things because he had the fire truck at the house for the night or because he was on a call and my mom and I actually wrote when I was five wrote this little song this little like bedtime song we used to sing if my dad wasn't there to tuck me into bed and it was literally just me singing like my dad is a firefighter and talking talking about how much I love him and how he's helping people and so it's even though like I'm just kind of realizing now how much it's affected me it's affected me since I was a baby and since I was like old enough to remember mm-hmm. so yeah like it's definitely yeah, yeah. I couldn't imagine <laughs> yeah I just I don't think like again I, I know we've you've kind of said this sound like a broken record <laughs> I don't think I don't think enough people realize what it can actually do to obviously one that person but to the family and how it affects them and like you said like some of those for some people some of the best memories of their childhood is being tucked in at night by their by their dad or their mom or whoever it may be and you making a song about how your dad's a firefighter <laughs> like that's your memory of it and I yeah I just don't think enough people realize what it does yeah. and how it affects the family and I know actually I can personally relate to that because my mom um she was or she's been an RCMP officer for almost like just coming up into 30 years now and um, she did homicide and Christmas day, she would have to leave um, all the time. Like, and she was very frustrated with it all the time because same thing. It would be in the morning. She would get a phone call and then she's upstairs getting a shower, getting ready and leaves. And then yeah. Christmas Eve, same thing. Um, obviously just, it happened all the time. And it's not everyone realizes what it can do to a family and how it affects them. And I mean, like, I almost sound un, ungrateful or kind of, um, I don't even know what the word is. Basically, I'm making my, my problems, if you will, sound, sound worse than they actually are. And because like, it never really bothered me that she wasn't there on Christmas for certain things. But it, at the same time, like, it sucks. You want you want it to be this nice family event where you wake up and you make breakfast together. You do whatever your average routine is on that day. And when it all gets disrupted because they have to leave and go to work and then you don't see them until the next day or a couple of days, like that's when it becomes tough. And cause it's a yeah. spend time with your family and that's what your main focus is in, in that time. And when you can't do that, it, it's tough. So I know. Yeah. I- and I honestly feel like the holidays are one of the worst times for my family and it's gonna sound weird until I explain it because most people the holidays are the best times they get to see their family all this kind of stuff but like there's so I feel like there's such an increase of calls especially around the holidays because of just everybody your ordinary people society's mental health goes down because you're alone on Christmas, New Year's, whatever, like you, or you don't have that family to go home to, like people's mental health deteriorates so much within the holidays. And that's one thing that like, yeah, like me and my family, like I said, like my dad gets called out, he has to go and 
he is not a big fan of the holidays anymore because of all of these like really horrific and horrible calls he's had to attend during them so when he thinks about the holidays obviously he relates back to these calls Mm -hmm. and it just like I've been saying it all goes back to mental health he gets called to a mental health call for whatever it might be yeah that person decided to do whatever with themselves because their mental health was bad but at the same time it's affecting all of these other people's mental health who then affects all like their family's mental health and it just is one big continuous circle and I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come on here so bad and why I finally decided to was because I my mom always tells me she's like you're gonna marry you're gonna be a first responder wife I know it and I was like I don't want to be (laughs) like I've grown up there I don't want to be um yeah like obviously I love my dad his job like I'm happy he does it and everything but at the same time like you can only get so much of it until you're tired of it it's like when you're sick and you're eating soup you can only have so much soup until you're finally tired of it you just want a cheeseburger you know (laughs) Sorry, I love food. I relate everything to food. No, that no, and I <laughs> totally agree. And it's even like you can almost take that into anything. And it's, for instance, like this is totally different. But um, for me, one of the biggest questions that I always get asked from people is, "Oh, like, are you ever going to coach? Are you going to become a coach in hockey?" And because, like, obviously, I don't play anymore, and I'm pursuing different things, and I'm always like, why do you in the, like, why do you even ask that? Like, it's just, it's so, it's so bizarre to me when it, and it happens like all the time when people are like, oh, you don't play anymore. So you're going to coach. It's like, no, I, I quit for a reason. Like I didn't just, yeah. I didn't just stop because I love the game. Like if I love the game, then probably, but, and it's just, it kind of resorts back to that is like, you can only handle so much and you can yeah. only be around a certain thing so much and then sometimes it's like once you want to move on and move forward and you kind of want to let that piece out of your life to some extent obviously then that's when it's like no I'm not gonna do that or no I'm not gonna marry a first responder (laughs) you never know know, um, yeah it's 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 just one of those things where like and not to sound selfish, but you can only handle so much of. Yeah, of- but, and that's anybody too, with anything, like you said, like it relates back to sports and hockey or whatever, like, um, yeah, like you can only have so much of something before you get tired of it, before you don't want to be near it anymore. Like whatever it is, it could be your favorite color for all, you know, like, <laughs> it goes back to anything. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come on here is because I have had almost 20 years of being a first responder family, seeing it firsthand, dealing with it. And I just want people to know like PTSD affects first responders just as much as veterans or military or whoever, because again, it's the same horrific sites I mean, probably not to the same extent, but it definitely can be. And it doesn't only affect that one person. And it even goes out to military too. Like PTSD doesn't affect that one person. It affects their family. It affects their friends. It affects, and people don't realize that. 
Mm-hmm. And like I've said this whole time, I feel like PTSD is definitely, it's definitely started to come out more with first responders, but only in the past few years. Up until then, PTSD was strictly military, I feel like. And yeah. even like I was talking to my dad about coming on here, coming on the podcast, and he was like, when I first became a firefighter, he goes, you had no idea what PTSD even was. He goes, you people would never talk about it. It was just oh, we had a bad call, we debrief and we leave. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, like it kind of goes back to anything with mental health is if you feel like you need to talk to somebody, if you feel like your family member is going through something, whether it's PTSD, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, mm-hmm. be that be that ear for them, be that shoulder to cry on and don't be afraid to speak up. Like, there's so many people out here like this podcast, for instance, that just want to listen and help people. Like, obviously there's going to be the negative people out there that thinks you're BSing everything or whatever. But at the end of the day, there's, if you focus on the negativity and all of the negative people and don't turn around and see all the people wanting to support you, help you and all of the positivity there, then like you can't really help yourself but if you block out that negativity and focus on the positives the support and actually being like I need to speak up I need to talk about this because if I don't there's not going to be a change and that's kind of where my headspace was with coming on here is if I don't come on here and talk about it like who knows like something could happen to somebody either in the states or somewhere else or could be somebody that I know and I care about something could happen to them because nobody was there to speak up and be that advocate for them so that's my big reason for coming on here is just letting people know and just giving them the like kind of food for thought about the life of a first responder and their families mm. yeah and I yeah I love that I <laughs> never know who you're gonna help and you never know yeah like it might be somebody that you've known forever and they reach out to you and they say, Hey, this is what's going on. Can I talk to you about it? Can I ask you some questions about how you dealt with your own stuff? And that's, that's the biggest thing. It, and honestly, that's why I love having just such a different variety of people is because it, it reaches a totally different crowd or it reaches every crowd, if you will. And it allows your some of your friends to reach out to you it allows people that you never would have thought had any form of mental health struggle actually reach out to you and talk to you and just connect and relate and ultimately learn how to better themselves or realize that it's okay to actually speak up and share your story and share things that bother you and be vulnerable and be courageous and it just it's pure strength like I've said that a few times but it honestly is and having you on the podcast has been beneficial to me for sure. I've <laughs> Thank learned you. Of course. And I've learned a lot and I know a lot of others will learn a lot and take a lot from it. And hopefully they'll see that it's okay to ultimately not be okay. And it's okay to have struggles and know that it can get better. And there's people that you can talk to. There's platforms that you can openly speak on and yeah I think there's just so many different things but yeah one one little question before we kind of wrap things up or actually have two yeah okay 
what would be your biggest tip of advice for someone that is struggling or will struggle with mental health? Um, honestly, is find that, find that one person, like I said before, whether it's a family member, a friend, a counselor, and just kind of have them almost as a punching bag. But like I said, like just that person that will just sit there and listen to you. Part of my program for massage therapy is we had to take a pro communications class and it really dove into the different listening types and communication. And just, I am so grateful I took that course. Um, But the biggest thing is that I took away from it is when you have a conversation with somebody, whether it's resolving a conflict in a conflict or just being in that vulnerable, vulnerable spot yourself is you need to find that one person that actually listens to you to listen to you and doesn't just listen to respond. And the other biggest thing I took out of it is if you are that person that somebody has come to saying, hey, I need to vent, I need to chat, whatever. Before you go and give them your opinion and give them your advice, ask them saying, what are you looking for? Do you just want me to listen? Do you want me to listen and give you advice? Would you like my advice? Because majority of the time when I rant to people or anything, I just want to rant. I just want to get it off my chest. When I talk to people about my issues, I just want to talk. I don't want advice. I don't, I, in that particular moment, I don't care for your opinion. I don't want it. I just need to, for me, And me only, I just need to get it off my chest and talk to somebody about it. So definitely have, be that person that people can come to to talk to, but also have that person you can go to talk to and just kind of lay it right out. Be like, what kind of communication do you want? Do you want it to be a listen and advice? Do you want it to be a solely listen? Do you want it to be a listen and respond back and forth kind of thing? So, but yeah, definitely biggest piece of advice is have that person you can talk to and honestly for anybody that's listening if you feel like you don't have a person reach out to me my dms my messages are always open and like I said I just I'm the type of person that if I can do one thing a day to either change somebody's life to help them to make them a better person then I'm fulfilling my goals in life of being a good and decent person so if anybody that's listening needs any help at all needs a person just to vent to and listen whatever send me a message because I 100% will chat with you and listen to you I also love making friends too (laughs) I love all of that that is awesome and honestly you just answered my second question for (laughs) a half but where where could they actually reach you at and obviously have some form of conversation with or just ask you questions do whatever where could they find you yeah um so probably my biggest thing would be instagram um my instagram is at sadie twydale um honestly there's not too many sadies out there so if you look up at sadie t it should be one of the first things to come up Mm -hmm. um there's lots of pictures of my face on there. I love, I love taking pictures of myself. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that's one of the biggest things to reach me. If you have my phone number, send me a text. Um, honestly, if you cannot get a hold of me, I'm sure some, I'm, I'm a social butterfly. Everybody knows of me, knows me. I'll be sure. I said, I'll be sure to link (laughs) 
Okay, but yeah, honestly, like I was saying, I, if anybody that's listening to this can relate to me, wants to chat about anything I said today, um, or just needs that support person in their life, I don't care if we're strangers, we knew each other in elementary school, throughout our schooling, if we've never met before, send me a message because I would just love to point you in the right direction of people like professionals you can go talk to or if you yeah just anything I'm just open to everything I I love it and honestly I've loved this whole entire podcast it is it's been amazing you're amazing you're so so thank you everything that everything that you you kind of preach if you will is it's awesome and just the type of person that you are is somebody that I I think everyone should try and surround themselves with. Like this podcast is it's made me happy. It's definitely been a great addition to my night and it's it's just added to my my overall mental health, if you will, in a very positive way. And it's it's been awesome. And yeah, again, I just cannot thank you enough for coming on. And I <laughs> no worries thank you so much for having me I had so much fun and I just really hope that anybody that's listening if this helped you in any some like any way whatsoever that I'm just glad that it helped you because like I said I'm just I'm here for the people (laughs) everything is all for the people and that's exactly what we're, we're trying to do here is just prove that everyone has a story and help as many people as we possibly can. And that's why I always try and get people to share it everywhere, to get people to listen, to do everything that we possibly can, because no, I'm not on some crazy rampage to (laughs) a million followers. I just know that with every follow means that there's the potential that one more person will get helped. And that's honestly all that matters to me. So Yes. I love that. Yeah. Thank you very much once again. And it was so nice talking to you. I know that we'll definitely keep in contact and I'm excited for when this podcast airs. Yes, me too. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And we'll, we'll chat really soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of struggle creates strength. I hope everyone enjoyed Sadie's story and I encourage you to reach out to her and have some vulnerable conversations with her. If you want to reach out to me or come on the podcast, you're more than welcome to at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram and Facebook, or you can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All podcasts are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and additional posts are posted on Instagram as well. There is still a few more days left in this giveaway, and it is a Struggle Create Strength giveaway that is sponsored by Rebecca Aiken of The Aiken Group. Be sure to check it out on Instagram, tag your friends, and enter the contest today. I hope everyone enjoyed the podcast, and just remember that everyone has a story.